Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh. Mike took off the headphones right as you started doing that, so it's going to be a fun little audio treat for him <laughs> down the road. Uh, I am ready to begin when you are. I'm doing the uh, bit. Does that mean that you start with a book? Yes, that okay. that is what that means. Um, well, just let me get to let me get to my quick sip of your. Oh yeah, please do. All right, time for some ASMR in the uh, pre-show. <laughs> pre-show ASMR. Mike's, okay. uh, Mike's actually looks like he's having a really good time with that. Have you ever actually gotten the like ASMR high, Mike? You ever tried it? Me either. Me either. You don't think it's a thing? Not at all? Oh, no. I imagine it must be. Not like, for you. Not for you. The, the like, skin tingles when you hear no. certain sounds. I know. I've I also tried, know that I'm super sound sensitive, so. I've tried one time to earnestly get hypnotized, <sighs> just like with like a YouTube thing that I found. And she's like a real like like uh, hypnosis person. And there I got kind of like a weird, like, almost felt like my body was like warm, um, like specifically my hands. Um, so fun little things, not in a sexual way, in case Mike is putting this in the podcast. Oh, I want to be clear. It <laughs> should, wasn't a sexual should, thing. Should we start this show? <laughs> we really should. should. Okay. <laughs> I feel like like down the road, I'm listening to this in like a deposition <laughs> for like Mike suing us what? for like emotional turmoil oh, or something. God. Um, okay. Hi. <laughs> Never mind. Not starting the show yet. All right. Um. 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 Hi, I'm Becca. Pronouns she, her, hers. And I'm Josie. Pronouns they, them, theirs. And, and we're, we're your, your judges. judges. And this is the podcast by the cover. Yeah, it's a deep dive into Amazon book review culture, and we're so excited you're listening to this, an episode with a specific number. I've stopped trying to guess. Meow. <laughs> yes, Becca. I figured I'd just set the tone for the fact that like, we discussed that <laughs> we were going to talk about the fact that I've owned my cat for a year. Yeah, we came up on the, the big 
one year since you found Griffin in a cinder block. I know. It's it's slightly it's a slightly less charming story than finding her in a dumpster. I'd prefer to be able to call my cat a dumpster cat. It would fit her kind of genre or her mm. emotional mood. Um much better. Um yeah. considering we call her stinky but yeah uh, i was driving down a road and i saw a little kitten and then i made that kitten mine and ever since then that little garbage cat has grown into a big garbage cat and i love her so much yeah so go follow griffin the kitten that's griffin spelt like the mythical beast with a y a ph and an o-n and kitten spelt also with an o-n yeah, because then it rhymes. Griffin the kitten. Griffon the kitten. On uh, on Instagram. Um, it's a high quality content. Uh, high high ox. What's not? It's not oxycotton. What's what's octane? That's the one. <laughs> yeah, it's some really high oxycotton time. Having a great time with that oxy. It might give you some some um... oxycotton. Um, might give you some serotonin. Might give you some good feelings. Uh, we, uh, we have been promised by my sister, uh, that she's going to crochet us a, uh, a cement block. Uh, oh plush. yeah. Um, in honor of this, this big day, can you please share your favorite thing about Griffin? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, real quick. I was trying to do a quick little plug for my sister. Oh, sorry. You can go to her Etsy shop, Fierce Fibers Foundry. Um, she does a bunch of crochet stuff. She's made my dad a unicorn. Pretty cool. My favorite thing about Griffin um, I really like when she is in kind of a play hunting mm-hmm. mood, uh, and she sees something that she wants to pounce on. She will get really low. Her pupils will get huge, like just super round. And then her butt will wiggle as she prepares to pounce on it. And I think that's very cute. It's a very good thing. Um, my favorite thing about Griffin, and I apologize to all of our listeners, but this may be a sonically unpleasant thing, but it's a very <laughs> sonically pleasant thing for us or for her, is um, when we say her name, Griffin, we don't say Griffin. Um, we'll actually say or literally any combinations of sound that Just have like two syllables. A high noise, yeah. A low noise, high nose, and an R. Griffin? Yeah. Uh, and, and, she will often look at us and tilt her head to the side and just go. Uh, yeah. And she's actually started when she's looking for us, she'll make the same now- noise. It almost sounds like she's saying her name. Yeah. Uh, like, which is very cute. It's how we all say hello now to each other um, yeah. is Griffin's name. Um, uh, that's how it goes. It's, it's good. <laughs> so anyway, I guess this isn't a cat podcast. We didn't spin that on the wheel of podcasts we could do today. I'm very sorry. We are we are committed to the by the cover podcast. Um, so I guess I have to bring a book. Yeah. What is what is the book, Becca? Okay, I'm so excited. I read this book uh, a while ago, so I guess it's kind of a cheat, but I don't really remember a lot about it. I remember mm-hmm. feeling very neutral about it. I was given it by my mother, um, and you'll see why that's funny soon. Um, is uh, Fairest of All, A Tale of the Wicked Queen. Um, and so, like, my mother's kind of, like, mm. obsession with with Disney villains and then, like, kind of extended into my obsession with retold fairy tales led her to be like, this book will be good for Becca. And I remember feeling mm, truly neutral about it. Um, so let's get into that product description. Yeah. S- summarize me, baby. For anyone who's seen Walt Disney's Snow White, you'll know that the Wicked Queen is one evil woman. After all, it's not everyone who wants to cut out their teenage stepdaughter's heart and have it delivered back in a locked keepsake box. That is a really uniquely, like, 
specific proof of murder and also not very good in the time period. I see. Here's the thing is I don't really know how you like beyond getting ahead. Right. Like that would be the only proof of death that I would accept. You know, her skin is pretty unique. So like I would even accept a finger. That's like a slender, a slender white finger. But still, for Snow White. I, I think you'd be able to find like a dummy for that one. Probably. probably. I, I think if you're killing her, that like, looks like a real like, finger, though. Not to be morbid, like we just go, this just go to a peasant a village. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like she probably has little. She has probably has like little <laughs> kid hands. Like go find a child to mute. I'm just saying. So you didn't mean a dummy as in like a mannequin. When you no. said dummy, you meant like just go fight some stupid child in some village and chop off I its mean, hand. Listen, it's not. It's already not the most ethical fairy tale in the world. I just, I, I think that for me, if I were to be working on the Snow White recreation, I would have to. Sorry, I hit the mic right there. Um, I would have to make it that she needs to eat Snow White's heart or something like something about like how pure of heart Snow White is. And then she eats this deer heart and said, she turns into a deer and it's like an emperor's new groove <laughs> sequel. And the hunter she is goes on in a like adventure. and like the, the dwarves are all Pasha, I've, which is just like a very weird spreading out of that character. I've done it. I've made the best <laughs> Snow White <laughs> story. And even if that sort of thing is a common urge, we don't know many people who have acted upon on it it's a very quirky back like back of book now for the first time we'll examine the life of the wicked queen and find out just what it is that makes her so nasty she's a nasty woman here's a hint i really want the next line to be here's a hint she's a she's a democrat she's a party democrat (laughs) she's a fierce feminist here's a hint the creepy looking man in the magic mirror is not just some random spooky visage he might he might have something to do with the queen's wicked ways. I you like know, how we're already like spoiling uh, like the developments of this book. Here's the here's the clue. It it might be that a man is behind it. I really I really <laughs> oh, actually shit. removing I, all I, feminist agency from this girl I boss. Do, I do. I dislike what we've done here and in Maleficent as well where mm-hmm. it's like she's not a real villain. She's a victim Ooh, of having her wings cut off. I don't know. Off. I mean, like, I do, I and, and in defense of Maleficent, I do like the whole, like, the wings being stolen is a metaphor for, like, sexualist. Like, it's not yeah. successful, but it is, like, interesting. What is confusing towards the end is that she gets her wings back, so I don't know who, what that means for, like, the kind of ramifications. Like, you, you can't just get that experience. It's kind of this, co- it's this coziness it's, sort of thing, like, if you are gonna go with the uh, the sexual assault metaphor, then I think that you kind of have to carry that out completely. Like, I think if someone be... is always going to have that trauma. Yeah, you know? it would have been we way more really interesting. About seriously, now. Yeah, aren't we? you know, but it would have been way more interesting if it been held. Anyway, we could just we talk have just about this so for much ideas and like Disney, like you really screwed up. Like, what you had a good concept. Um, and, then you and what I really up. love about this is that it is it is not it is not one of there are like many, many different villains who have been given this kind of like book treatment of maybe not that bad. Yeah. Um, would you like to take a gander at which villains that is? Because it okay, kind of yeah. like hits the whole Disney gamut. Uh, okay, yeah, evil stepmother and or, or nope. stepsisters. Nope. No, no Cinderella? No That's Cinderella, like I know. Um, okay, uh, I guess then 
What about the witch from Rapunzel? Yes, Mother Gothel is one oh, of the characters wow. that is examined. That's one of the most like It's really hard to justify. Evil, like... I know. <laughs> I guess I guess here we are talking about a woman who wants to go cut out the heart of a teenager. And be like, well, this one might maybe. Um, okay. I will uh, say um, one of the best, most successful, like maybe the maybe the queen in Snow White isn't the villain. Um, is Neil Gaiman's Snow Glass Apples with mm-hmm. um, Colleen? Oh my God, I'm forgetting her last name right now. Um, she does the art for surname. a distant soil. Um, oh, okay. I, I'm forgetting her name right now. I think Duran. Well. Maybe if that sounds, sounds right. I could be totally snow glass apples. Um, and what it is is that Snow White's a vampire. And so oh. she's like this the queen is like actively trying to be like, I could I could fix it. I could fix the vampire problem we have. Anyway, total uh do we have a do we have a maleficent, a sleeping beauty? We she's do, not so bad. We do have a maleficent. Um and then there are two others. Ooh, just give them to me. Okay. Oh wait, Little Mermaid. Is okay, yep. So guest. yes, oh, Ursula wow. is there. Ursula? Um, this this one's gonna surprise you uh-huh. because it surprises me in the villain <laughs> ones, but you are not. You may you may be very satisfied by this choice, the Beast. Oh yeah, no, that's nothing for me. I just I think it's very interesting that the Beast is qualified in the Disney villain series, um, specifically. Like yeah. he has a lot to be retconned for, right? Because he's shitty, um, towards Belle and gets justified because he loves her. She loves him. If I can. Um, but yeah, no, like, I think it's interesting that this author was essentially like, yeah, no, we're gonna, oh, I didn't say the author's name, Serena Valentino. I'm Serena Valentino. The worst. But these are, so these are Disney branded adaptions. Oh, like wow. Disney has Disney asked for these things to happen. These. Yes. So I guess they're Disney canon too, yeah. is the thing. All right, well, let's, let's read through the reviews. How has Disney done? Okay. So Monica Shirapi? 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 No, it's Ben Shapiro's wife. <laughs> Listen, Moran, two stars. Very repetitive. I bought this book since it was recommended by Amazon. I'm a big fan of the Disney villains, so I couldn't wait to read this book. It started off interesting, but the author uses so many unnecessary adjectives to create the scenes. I mean, imagine oh, describing. I do not like it when things are descriptive. I just want to imagine it. This story almost felt like it was too short, so the author tried to stretch it out by inserting adjectives before everything. As we move forward more into the book, it just gets so repetitive. The queen has self-esteem issues, that is where her vanity comes from, but the author literally uses the exact same phrases and stories over and over as the queen becomes this tortured soul. This review has become very repetitive. That's the (laughs) third or fourth time. Is it repetitive? I, I think that this review is repeating itself on the repetitive Wait, nature. Maybe maybe it's a commentary. Like maybe this is a very like oh, complex it's a performance art. Yeah, review. it's like to make you feel how they felt, you yeah. will now be <laughs> over repeated. Um we get it. Can we get to some kind of point in the story now? I read a ton of sci-fi books and I'm so sad to say this book missed the mark. It's I end- not sci-fi, so yeah. <laughs> I ended up skimming through some of the repetitive parts just so I could get through the book. I had already bought it, so I had to finish. If it was a rented book, I would have given it back halfway through. Blank skim. So, so, no. Have you heard of the library? Everyone go to your local library. Go to your local library. My understanding is that Waco Library is currently doing a drive-through. So, if you're in the Waco area... 
Go to your Waco library. Jessica S. gave this five stars. The start of something wicked good. Ooh, like like the musical? <laughs> unlimited. <laughs> Disney's money is unlimited. <laughs> There's a certain magic to a one-day read. I was surprised by how quickly I devoured Serena Valentino's Fairest of All. A little bit of a humble brag right there. <laughs> This book, I read it in one day. How satisfying. <laughs> the first in her Disney villain series. I had previously read The Beast Within a few years ago and enjoyed that, so I already had the rest of the villains piling up. So I used my day off to give one a go and fell in love all over again. This is a definitely a series for Disney's fans who know the movies inside and out, but perhaps missed a few things. This is, this is for that really specific. What? Do you love Disney and you know the movies really well? But there's a couple of things you know. You know they're there. You know they've been hiding there. In Easter the movie. egg old movies. I gotta love it. Um, there's definitely an added quality to these well-known stories. Fairest of all follows the evil queen of Snow White back when she was just the queen. Yeah, before <laughs> before she was called the evil queen. You do have you, to they, give they, it. Like they formally change your title. Like you, you used to, to be a good queen to, to the, to this particular fantasy world. Where it's just like, well, she hasn't proven herself to be good or bad yet, so she's just the queen, but give it 15 years. I feel like we should be able to do that with our politicians. <laughs> like, Ted Cruz, we the get to evil vote. senator. We see her as a young woman who won the heart of the king. She was a very happy woman and loved her new stepdaughter, Snow White, as if she were her own. There were hints to some other villains, really just one in particular. A story of a woman who was hurt so badly by an event, she had the power to transform into a dragon. It was fun getting little hints to other stories to come. I wonder what, I wonder, that's just like a little bit of foreshadowing. Like you can, you can tell that maybe in the future, like, ooh, this woman can turn into a dragon. I wonder what that's, getting back into ASMR now. <laughs> I can't wait to get to Maleficent's story. Oh! It's it's Maleficent. Did you know? Did you did pick not, that up? It's, it's kind of just like sprinkled in there. If you missed that in the Disney movie, I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> we see things start to change when the queen happens upon a mysterious mirror in her room. A gift from her new husband. This is going to be like, this is rapidly going to turn into the Peloton story. I just want to let you know. like, <laughs> Honey, I... Do that ad is so bad of like the video diary. All right, here I go. Eight in the morning. This is really hard, babe. Like, and then they're watching it together, Becca. Do you think like that's a kink? <laughs> I just like next review. Uh, <laughs> or continuing on with this one. It's the last of her father's creations, for he was a mirror maker. There's So there's something decidedly strange about the mirror, one that causes the queen fear, but not nearly as much as her husband's mysterious cousins who plan surprise visits while the king is away and terrify both her and her daughter. This is some, Snow. like, suspense thriller shit now. This was an incredibly fast read for me, and I loved that. It's so refreshing to once again be able to read a book in a day. There's definitely a magical quality to those enha these enhanced Disney tales. I'm looking forward to reading the rest to learn more about these villains I grew up with and the oddity that is the Odd Sisters. 
<laughs> sensible chuckle. Though you may know these Disney's tales left and right like I do, these villainous stories will change your outlook on the movies we hold dear forever, and I, for one, cannot wait to dive into the rest. All right. Um, I really want to, I also want to flash forward to the Odd Sisters books. They get their own book oh. because now that we've gone through the rest of the Disney villains, now we have to explore this one really weird mechanic we've thrown in. Uh-huh. I don't want to read the summary of this because it it doesn't, it's so I much. just, I want to so express varied. how buck wild it is mm-hmm. once we like get through all of this, this explanation of what's going on. So the school library journal's review of this book mm-hmm. Cersei, identified as the Enchantress from Disney's Beauty and the Beast, sets out to right the wrongs caused by the three women who brought her to life, which is Lucinda, Ruby, and Martha. Her companion, Snow White, has her own mysteries to explore, and they receive advice from the fairy godmother, Nanny and Oberon. What? What? And Oberon? (laughs) Nanny and Oberon? All the greats. You remember Disney's incredible treatment of Midsummer Night's Dream. What? Cersei's travels lead her and Snow White to information about the evil witch Nestus and her role in Cersei's own family past. The final scene in this sixth book in the series involves Cersei and her family and Snow White and her mother, Grimhilda, with a cliffhanger ending. What, 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 what happens? <laughs> Even diehard fans will find it difficult to enthuse over this walk on Disney's dark side. Yeah, I think d- diehard fans will have a difficult time <laughs> with this one. Just I just don't think this, this is not the same Hans Gruber I've grown to express, <laughs> expect. Have you seen the, the Die Hart, the Kevin Hart trying to be an action hero? No, that, no. That quibby Far TV series too many characters so with similar titles, roles, and motivations cause the story to lumber along. The first half of the book consists of uninspiring dialogue and lengthy reflections on character backstories that do not provide much clarity or drama. Snow and Cersei sit around for over 100 pages before they commit to any action. The backstory often seems written to explain away inconsistencies or fill in gaps rather than to entertain and inform exclamation ridden dialogue reeks with tedious platitudes the earnest effusions of snow and cersei don't line up with the edgy exploration of the villainous disney characters or the intended middle grade audience verdict avoid unless you have readers eager for every disney book in existence oh wow that's which is to say i'm just kind of baffled by like how quickly you go off the rails Mm -hmm. from like what seems like you could have just yeah that was a great sound from the technology. We, we just throw everything we've got kind of around the room. I'm uh, polster, poltergeisting it up on the podcast now. It's um, a haunted podcast. This is by the cover. By the cover. Supernatural. <laughs> um, it's not even that time of year yet. I guess we should just skip to Halloween. I mean, the summer's been so bad. Let's just do spooky times now. Speaking of skipping, you've got about 30 seconds. Here oh. are the ads. Wait. Okay. Oh, we, do we have no, more? No, you're good. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Good podcasting. Here are the ads. Here are the ads. Da, 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 da. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Jasmine with the New Black Collective. And what's up? It's Davey R. from Change Waco. 
Don't forget to subscribe to Stories of the Streets, where we'll be here every other week bringing you expert stories and also stories from local Wacoans. Stories of the Streets is in association with the New Black Collective, Change Waco, and Rogue Media. Tell your friends, tell your family, shout out to the streets, tune in as much as y'all can. And we're back. We're back. All right, it is now time for a little segment that I call Book Plug. Book Plug. Uh, where I take some books from smaller, maybe independent, lesser-known authors. Um, always looking for indie authors to, to tweet at by the cover underscore pod with uh with we can't promise good publicity but we can promise publicity it'll be free publicity (laughs) you can also tweet at me at josie bendy that's j-o-s-i-b-n-d-i and and give me those suggestions so today uh one of our friends uh suggested that we look at 20 years later by emma newman you can follow emma newman on twitter at m apocalyptic that's e-m apocalyptic on twitter but apparently she's taking a break from social media, but that's where she is, according to Joy. This book came out uh, a little bit ago. Joy specifically suggested it to us because it uh, it was one that she got a first look at when she was in high school. So, 20 years later. 20 years later. That's the, that's the name of the the name of the book. I know, but the, the, the SpongeBob joke was too good. <laughs> but to the avoid. SpongeBob joke was there. Behold, London, 2012. It arrives, and with that, the world is... It, it arrives. It arrives. And with that, oh, the hello. world is changed. How are you, it? Into an unending graveyard, littered with the bones, wreckage, and memories of a dead past gone forever. Yeah, we really are going for by the cover spooky today. London, 2032. 20 years later, out of the ashes, a new world begins to rise. A place ruled by both loyalty and fear, and where the quest to be the first to regain lost knowledge is an ongoing battle for power. A place where laws are made and enforced by roving gangs. The Bloomsbury Boys. Bloomsbury Boys! The Gardners. The Red Ladies Gang who rule the streets and will do anything to protect their own. The Four. Zane, Titus, Aaron, Eve. Living in this new world, they discover that they have abilities never before seen. And And little do they know that as they search post-apocalyptic London for Titus' kidnapped sister, that they'll uncover- have you seen Titus' sister? Have you seen Titus' sister, Ven? Ain't it, bruv? We're really going to get the UK listenership this way. Hey, how you like my accent, Ven? They'll uncover the secret of it. God. And bring about a reckoning with the forces that almost destroyed oh, all of humanity. Oh, please don't. Don't be, Dan. All right. I always like just going straight to the worst review mm-hmm. on these ones. Go low. And it's three stars is the worst that we've oh, got. Nice. From Virginia Lynn. She notes, or they note, Virginia. Eh, they note. A slow read. Post-apocalyptic stories really interest me. So when I found this book in my local library, I was excited. As I began reading... Thank you, Virginia Lynn, for going to your library. As I began reading, however, my disappointment grew. I am a fast reader, but this book never interested me enough. I think the main reason was because I found the main character, Zane, completely annoying. 
He is supposed to be a 15-year-old boy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, 15. Totally, there you are. Living in the wild world. And all he does throughout the whole book is cry like a baby and go running back home to his mom. That sounds like a sincere 15-year-old. He he was born five years after the apocalypse. I think I would also spend a lot of time crying. I liked the other characters and the style of this author's writing. I continued reading because I wanted to find out how the story ended. The ending was a disappointment to me as well. Aw. Well... I feel like reading this was a complete waste of my time, and I would not recommend it to another reader, nor would I read another book by this author. Wow, this is a three-star. It's a harsh three-star review. But I think that what we need to note is that as we move in, right into the four stars, we immediately have a turnaround. Hannah Bassett, four stars. Excellent YA post-apocalyptic fiction. Great. This book started off a little slow. Okay. Okay. But in such a way to create the detailed setting that was, (laughs) there people go with adjectives again. I just like, listen, what is the point? Why must we describe anything? Why would I want to know what the setting looks like? The point of me reading a book versus like watching a TV show or watching a movie is that I use my imagination to fill out the world. I just want dialogue. Just dialogue. If you can't build the world. (laughs) You want a play? No, no. A play has a visual aspect. I want just dialogue. (laughs) Just the first, like, ten pages is just silence. Can you imagine just, like, the the objective horror of finding a piece of media with no description in it? Oh, dear God. Um, the detailed setting was so important to the plot, according to Hannah Bassett. I really enjoyed the world Emma Newman created, and each of the gangs were incredibly detailed and realistic. The main three, Zane, Titus, and Aaron... Fuck Eve, I guess. Not Eve. Just screw that. Um, Now Myra. Now Myra. (laughs) They were developed and uh, they were well-developed and easily identifiable characters. Although some areas of the writing style wasn't pleasing, the story kept me interested throughout the entirety of this novel. It was fairly fast-paced. No need to worry about slow bits. Oh. Okay. I mean, whatever you want in your bits, I guess. (laughs) I truly enjoy... (laughs) I truly enjoyed the ending. Nasty. <laughs> Thank you. And love the hint about a sequel. I can't Woo. wait to read more. It tells just enough about the characters and shows you the things they are able to achieve to make you want to read more. This would be a satisfying read for anyone who enjoys post-apocalyptic fiction. 20 years later, followed surely by the sequel. I'm so sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, just yawn oh, right God. through all of that. I'm... The, the best, worst. The best audio. I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm a good podcaster. Let's go again. Um, this is the 20 years later followed shortly by the the sequel 20 and a half years later. 20 and a half years. Uh, note, I received the book for free through Goodreads First Reads. I also received a handwritten note from Dystopia Press as this was their first published book. I really appreciated the sentiment. Well, okay, you know, you know, fancy, you know, I got a handwritten note. So uh, thank, thank you to Dystopia Press. Um, Books Ahoy also gives four stars. A great read. I really liked this book. There was pretty perfect balance of everything. 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 Um, no age. Uh, there was a nice balance of romance and action. Well, there was any romance. Oh, is though. that why Eve is there? Uh, probably. Aww. The storyline was really great. I really liked the relationship between Zave, probably meant Zane, and Aaron, although I really would have liked it to blossom. Blossom. 
Look, for me, I was really surprised that there were more people living with them. I really thought it was a monster. What? What? I, I, I am I feel so like confused right now, Books right. Ahoy. I thought there was a monster, but it was people. <laughs> Maybe. I would have liked Eve to be introduced early like Zane, Titus, and Aaron. The relationship oh. between Titus and his sister. Oh, Eve is the sister. Oh. Uh, I really liked Zane's purity. This got weird. Ooh, that got weird. Pat Gallagher, four stars, couldn't put it down. I'm a big fan of the current fad in young adult novels to portray dystopian or post-apocalyptic societies. So the cover of this book immediately caught my eye. Is that really a fad? I feel like we've been doing, like, dystopia, like, since sci-fi. I mean, I would argue Because, like, H.G. Wells was even doing dystopia. Yeah, but specifically this kind of romance adventure, I would argue Suzanne Collins really develops... Why a action adventure in dystopia? And yes, that's now been like 10 years. But at the time that this review was written in 2012, like this is a relatively uh, old book now. Um, I think it came out in 2010. Yeah, I guess the big boom is like Hunger Games, the the Divergent, Diver- and Maze Runner. Oh, Maze Runner came out way before. But but we got all that popularity around the same time that Hunger Games because like, the, the movies came out are after and the movies are terrible. I, don't know. <laughs> uh, I was not disappointed. The characters are very well drawn. It's a book, and you can see them in your head, just like a, it's a book. It's not a movie. For me, that's the <laughs> mark of a very good book. I mean, it could be a you know like graphic novel would then be well drawn yeah, would be appropriate, yeah, but you know true. like. I still, I just want to... Descriptions. What's, what's the deal with well-made plays as a genre? You made a play genre and called it well-made. What's the deal? <laughs> I wrote a play and I just need someone to tell me I did a good job, so I'm going to uh, leave the genre. You will, you will care about the characters all quite a lot, even the supposed bad guys slash women. What? <laughs> You know, the, the iconic group bad guys slash women. Possible spoilers. It seemed to me that the author was struggling to create conflict between the main characters for dramatic tension, and it quite frankly got annoying at several points. Still, there was always resolution. Again, they are 15. I just want to like yeah. remind, like, 15-year-olds will create drama out of thin okay. air. The ending seemed to come very quickly. I was looking at just a small portion of pages left and thinking, is this really going to wrap up? That was real fun. (laughs) Respectful silence for Josie's moment. Okay, great. It was bit neat and sweet. Bit neat. Bit neat and sweet. This has been bit neat and sweet. And I wasn't really happy about how the people were divided up and the silly conflict between the two gang leaders. Ah, uh, it's so unrealistic that two gang leaders would be fighting each other. On the yeah, other hand, yeah, it wasn't established that like there is conflict. As I said, I couldn't put it down, and I'm looking forward to the next book in the trilogy. Unlike the Hunger Ooh. Games and the Maze Runner, this story wrapped up and will begin a new one next book. So that's pretty exciting. I do actually like a book that's willing to do that. That kind of L- allows each part of the to book be to be complete. Yeah. My kudos to the author for writing a story where I would definitely like to meet all the characters and see the movie. See, Mm. I actually think it's a bad book if you want to see the movie because people who really love a book never want to see the movie. I don't know. I feel like there's like such an even mix between people who hope that the movie will be good, like a nice visual expansion to the thing that they like already. Yeah. 
Uh, and now we're going to have kind of a nice, we're going to end with a five star and have a good long descriptive uh, review from Kennedy 808. Does it use a lot of adjectives? Because if it does, then I don't think I can handle it. I would, I would hate to make you suffer through some adjectives. Um, Kennedy 808, five stars, a worthy addition uh, to the ranks of it. young adult post-apocalyptic fiction. I first came across 20 years later, almost two years ago, when I found Emma Newman's post-apocalyptic publishing blog and watched her posts about the travails of trying to get a publishing deal for her new book. Mm. Luckily, I wasn't the only one paying attention, and she was able to get together with the folks at Dystopia Press in mid-2009. I contacted them and offered my services as an early reviewer, or in other words, begged for the chance to read it as soon as possible. <laughs> I think that this is like this is such a fitting like book plug because it does like kind of give a little bit of insight into the idea that there are real people behind these books, you know, which is yeah. not something that we're always like super cognizant of, I think. I think we are relatively kind. Relatively. I, we read people's words that are not relatively kind. True. But also that these reviewers are real people who we also make fun a lot. Anyway, so we're monsters. We're monster we're monster humans who deserve to suffer. And they said they'd get me a copy when it was available. Nice. It took a little longer than expected, but better late than never, as this one was definitely worth the wait. Wasn't 20, 20 years later, though. Well, 20 years later is a young adult post-apocalyptic novel set 20 years after a no plague way. reduces oh. London to a concrete wasteland Yikes, populated by gangs. makes me feel bad. You know, like, how everyone's talking about how, according to, like, some, some people's theory that the Mayans were off by eight years and that 2012 was actually 2020, and that now we're in the apocalypse year. I mean, yeah, but I can't live my life like that. Anyway, the wasteland is populated by gangs, some vicious, others honorable, but all dangerous and willing to die to protect their territories. The book opens with one of my favorite plot devices, the idea of some future traveler stumbling across a written manuscript that turns out to be the book you're reading. <gasps> A nameless no. narrator hints at grand adventures which everyone alive has heard of and then tells the tale of how they all began. <laughs> to be fair, I, when I'm when i working on a book that I started like five years ago when I was in high school and it does start with someone writing the story as it's long, being told to long them. Long, long ago. I will tell you my story, young traveler. In this case, those tales begin with Zane, a young man who has grown up under the protection of his mother, sheltered to the point of naivete as he is blissfully unaware of what lies more than a few blocks beyond the square he lives in. Little town. <laughs> I have something to say about Belle in that song. <laughs> Specifically, <laughs> when she says, there goes the baker with his tray like always, the same old loaves of bread to sell. Like, if I was that baker, I would be like, yeah, Belle, that's my fucking job. I'm the baker in this town. You buy bread from me every single week. What the fuck else am I supposed to do with this tray? I mean, tray? You know, listen, I would just love, like, you, listen, you make a great... Woven bread. I'm really impressed <laughs> with that. But could you just, could you just give me like um, a pumpernickel? Like that would be interesting. Um, could you just a cinnamon roll, a freaking cinnamon roll? Just something a different. Cookie? Could I, I have a cookie? It's really not explained all that well. 
how much money Maurice and Belle have specifically in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like obviously, Supposedly, like they become destitute in the original fairy tale because like, of the, the trading, the, the, the storm, storm and the ships. I mean, sink. like he's an inventor, so I'm assuming but his like his inventions all fail. Well, no, right? so I'm assuming he's like kind of the town handyman who like they put up with because he's the only person who can fix shit. Oh, and then he has a bunch of other weird ideas. And he's like, let me make it better. And they're like, please, no, please, I, no just I just need, need can you, you just the make the coupling of the, yeah, I just need to you to fix my wagon. That's it. Just the, the seal and the ceramic, please. My roof um, is leaking, Maurice, please. I do not ah, need a sunroof. This roof thatches itself. <laughs> this has been a very important No, it doesn't, Maurice. <laughs> This has been our Disney episode as well as our spooky episode. Everything changes when Zayn meets Titus and then Aaron, and they discover they are linked by more than just their friendship and the abilities that they each seem to possess. I desperately want to know what it is. I do want to know what their special powers are. Circumstances force them together, and then out beyond the boundaries of Zayn's world, as they work to rescue Titus's sister from a new enemy, their adventures begin to unravel the mysteries of Zayn's past, and of the events that destroyed most of humanity. As with most subcategories of science fiction, the post-apocalyptic genre is rife with young adult stories, some of which rank among my favorites. There's something freeing about being able to gloss over some of the details. Thank you. And just concentrate on the characters in the story. Who needs adjectives? Who needs adjectives? (laughs) But I do actually agree with this, that that some, as much as I love world builders, and I talk about that, there is something really nice about authors that just don't care too much. Right, but like again, like to go back to Sanderson, who we talk about a lot on this podcast, um, it 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 really is. You either need to kind of double down on like mm-hmm. world building, and that is part of your story, and it is important to your story that we know more about the world, or you just kind of have to say, "Fuck it." And as long as you're being conscious about your fantasy shorthand and not falling into some like really terrible tropes and stereotypes that have been used, like. There's so much in sci-fi fantasy, I think, that you can just... Oh, post-apocalyptic, it's been 20 years, you know? Yeah. I think that's cool. Uh, Where was I? In the case of 20YL, 20 years later, Kennedy 808, really hip, I did find myself (laughs) wondering about things like what some of the characters were eating or where they were finding supplies, and some of the events at the end of the story seemed to happen a little too easily. Okay. I mean, yeah, you know, the, every iconic book that I've ever read, I always really appreciate the stop and have a sandwich scene and the do these characters poop scenes? <laughs> do these characters poop scenes? There we go. That's the episode title. I called it. <laughs> Becca's Becca's poop interlaw interludes. <laughs> There it is. I got the thumbs up. Becca's hey, poop interludes. Please. <laughs> I'm begging you not None to. None of that, the poop inter- interludes, distracted from my enjoyment of the book. <laughs> the poop interludes is like the weirdest spinoff of the vagina monologues ever. <laughs> <laughs> we all do it. We all have a butt. Do you know how, like, that would be way more inclusive, though? Like... <laughs> These are these are all monologues around the experience of pooping. pooping. I hate it. This isn't a story about the apocalypse. <laughs> ah, the apocalypse. Uh, it's the cyclops's uh, much more powerful oh. cousin. 
This isn't a story about the apocalypse itself. It's a story of free, free friends, three friends. Free friends. Their relationship and development as they explore their world and their past. That's not to say there's a lack of post-apocalyptic imagery. Far from it. There are adjectives. Oh, thank God. The book would make a great movie with scenes of the red ladies, hunters like medieval warriors in their leather armor. Or the Bloomsbury mm, I Boys. You, like it sounds like it could actually be like a very interesting um, video game. You know, mm. like good, good, good settings plus mm. like a strong core group of characters. Often, I find different could, areas of London are controlled by the different gangs. Yeah, like could create a very interesting adventure, an RPG type, open type world thing. type thing. Especially since there's you know three major characters and the sister MacGuffin. Yeah. Um, Quest. The Bloomsbury Boys and the trophies of their defeated enemies that they wear proudly. I wonder if that's, like, done in kind of, like, a YA kind of way of, like, oh, like, I've taken, like, I ripped the jacket of everyone that I killed. Like a patch. Or if it's, like, here, here's my hand Finger necklace. bones. Yeah. Um, it's all against a backdrop of London streets crumbling and littered with bones. Bones! Overall, I can give 20 years later my hearty recommendation. I've actually read it twice now and still look forward to being able to delve back into the world of Zane and his friends. We've only scratched the surface of what was promised in the prologue, so I can only hope that we'll get to see all of those adventures in the two sequels that are planned, 20 Years Later Legacy and 20 Years Later Revelation. According to Miss hmm. Newman's blog, she's already getting close to finishing Revelation, so hopefully we won't have to wait very long for at least Legacy to be available. Add this one to your to-buy list. I'm fairly certain you won't be disappointed. Actually sounds like very interesting. Yeah. I'm down for any, like, post-apocalyptic gang stuff. It kind of seems, um... Like <laughs> Uh, it seems like a daybreak, um, like a slightly more serious version of daybreak, yeah. um, which is a great Netflix show. Um, and, and Netflix, uh, please and Netflix, sponsor us. Sponsor us. Um, and uh, real quick, I just wanted to say as we finished up the book club again, uh, EM Apocalyptic at M Apocalyptic on, on Twitter is where you can find Emma Newman. Uh, I was not able to find 20 years later on bookshop.org as it is on Amazon. But if you go to bookshop.org and you look up uh, Emma Newman, um, or perhaps EJ Newman. It looks like she also uses. Uh, you can you can find a lot of the stuff that she's that she's written uh, since then. And Bookshop.org is a great way to support uh, independent bookstores while still shopping online and safely. And speaking of shopping online and safely, ad time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, we are What's Your Excuse? Podcast. Exactly. That's I'm right. Caitlin. I am Megan. And we are here to talk to you about all of your things that you want to shit talk about. That's right. Is your life going poorly? Check. Are you curious about diseases that are running rampant? 
Check. Check. Do you want to know all the places I have had sex in this world? Check. Check. <laughs> you can find that all right here on What's Your Excuse podcast uh, at Rogue Media Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify. Stitcher. Google Play. And Google. Yes, that's right. And give us a follow. <laughs> What's your excuse? It's been, <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> oh, I I I offer I offer as a as a sacrifice. Oh yes, put 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 this book upon my altar, and I shall deem the, whether the, it is worthy or not. The incense and and young lamb. The wa- <laughs> <laughs> it's the wife between us, a novel by Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekinen. Oh, it's my wife. Oh, it's my wife between us. Uh, when. You- <laughs> Bettina's? When, my wife, Bettina's. Uh, when you read this book, you will make many assumptions. You will assume you are reading about a jealous ex-wife. You will assume she is obsessed with her replacement, a beautiful younger woman who is about to marry the man they both love. Gay? You will. It seems pretty gay, I'm hoping. You will assume you know the anatomy of this tangled Ugh, love triangle. That was not a descriptor that I wanted. Assume I... nothing. Twisted and deliciously chilling, Greer Hendrix and Sarah Pekinen, uh, Pekinen's The Wife Between Us exposes the secret complexities of an enviable marriage and the dangerous truths we ignore in the name of love. Anyway, both of these people are, are women. Both the authors are women, so, you know. Okay. Already maybe not trans. Okay, okay, okay. Um, some things that the professionals have said. A fiendishly smart cat and mouse thriller, New York Ooh. Times. Buckle up because you won't be able to put this one down. Glamour, jaw-dropping, unforgettable, shocking, Publishers Weekly, and the best domestic suspense novel since Gone Girl in Touch Weekly. So so not that long. Yeah. So, like, not that long. So kind of like it's not that hard um, to... Um, <laughs> five what? stars, writing Larry. Writing a book like it's hard? <laughs> is, is writing a book difficult? Larry, five stars. Page Turner, verified purchase. I don't recommend reading any reviews. <laughs> Dude, dang. Okay, podcast over. Is, uh, the, I'm just going to get up and go. Uh, I'm going to pack up my bag. Oh, this is great Foley work. It's so good in my ears right now. I don't, <laughs> I don't recommend it. I left the room. I want to be clear. I left. <laughs> I'm gone. Bye, I, Jesse. Enjoy doing the podcast by yourself. We've been told by a reviewer that our podcast is really good. I don't recommend reading any reviews before actually reading a book. I can't disagree. It seems there are a lot of reviewers who don't know how to review a book without telling you the what exactly happens. (laughs) Making sure to bring any twists to light. I was shocked to read what some of these, quote, critics had to say. Shocked. Please take these reviews very lightly. In fact, don't read any of them. They are nonsense. Every person is different. One person <laughs> says they hate the book. Don't let that deter you from reading it. I loved this book. I loved this book. <laughs> For me, it was a page turner. There were a few twists that I did not see coming. I turned the page and it, wow, whoa. And it twisted. There are also people who say it doesn't have the likeness of Gone Girl and Girl on a Train. I think people are confused. It's definitely the same type of read. Oh, If you enjoyed reading those books, then you will most likely enjoy Oof. this book, too. 
I loved all three of these books. If you are looking for a book that is exactly like those books, wow, that is ridiculous. I... Read those <laughs> books again. What? You know, I, I always go into my reading and I hope that I will read the exact same book just written by another author. <laughs> that is what I want from all of my book experiences. Just like the exact same book, just someone else. It's, it, is this not exactly like this other book, word for word? You know, it's like Stephanie Meyer rewriting Twilight from Edward's <laughs> perspective. Bottom line, don't listen to other people. Or Give it Stephanie a shot. Meyer rewriting Twilight, just gender bent. Gender bent, just gender swapped completely. Give it a shot. You might just love it like I did. I, nothing about this book was said. This was a review of all the other reviews. <laughs> Larry. I I think that's great. No, listen, I think that's Larry is really kind of expanding the genre of review. Reviews. We're moving into a whole new genre. Which is mainly to say, like, why why review this book when I could just attack what has been said about this book? I also really enjoy taking the time to make a review and saying, don't read any reviews. People who review things are bullshit. Don't read it's this review bullshit. either. Everything's bullshit. I'm Larry. You're not real. I'm not real. I'm just Larry. Five stars. Cater. Great read. Great read. I'm an avid reader, and I have read a great many books. I love that it's um, a, it's a like lot a, of reviewers on Amazon like want to prove why they are good at reading. I, I have read a book in my life, <laughs> and boy, howdy, was this a book as well. This was also a book. This story had me in the first chapter. Felt light, although some of the subject matter was heavy. Wow. Yeah, it's a thriller. Well, this book was about three pounds. <laughs> and but it was it was pretty like the content sometimes got like a little weighty. Uh can't give anything away, but this was well thought out and very well written. Loved it. I highly recommend it. Nice. Uh one star from Colin G. Murphy. Atrocious. All caps. Atrocious. Verified purchase. This is, an, this is another one of the, the review genre that I enjoy, uh, which is trying to say, I would like to give it a different number of stars. Okay. If I could rate this book, do you want to guess what number? Zero. Negative 10. Negative 10. Wow. Good guess what's zero, but if I could rate this book negative 10 stars, I would. Boring, confusing, and convoluted storyline. I just don't understand women. They confuse me. Why is the this is told from a woman's perspective, and I cannot, I cannot uh, associate, cannot sympathize. I just didn't think this was written realistically, but like about women, like I know a woman. It's showing the women's perspective, and I don't think that that is realistic. <laughs> it just drags. The authors, the authors felt compelled to provide minute details on every activity, place, <laughs> object, and thought. There's too many damn adjectives in these goddamn books. I don't want anything described to me. <laughs> Just give Ad me a book title and let me imagine what it is. Adjectives on a plane is my second recommendation for uh, for the the episode title. <laughs> in case Becca's Becca's poop interlude is too blue, uh, the story made no sense and kept lulling you to sleep. Oh, hang on. No, I'm not doing this with the, the grammar. They have a lot of commas. The story made no sense and kept lulling you to sleep Just while at the same time leaving you perplexed. Total waste of money. Do what? not waste your money. What? <laughs> I feel like it's like a script for hypnotism. 
Do borrow, not waste your money. Borrow this one from the library if you need a cure for insomnia. Wow. And Yikes. when I say sleep, you will fall to sleep. Uh, Donna gives one star. Contrived. A contrived plot with vacuous characters that only the equally mindless could okay, care about. But I guess here's the real question. <laughs> what thriller isn't like a little contrived? A little contrived. Some of the situations are a touch ridiculous. What I love so far is I have no fucking clue except that there is a new wife. Yeah, no, the 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 back of the book is giving me the most hints as to what this book kind of is. Um I I found it especially laughable that the authors felt compelled to include an epilogue that added one last bit of far-fetched nonsense. I'm going to guess right now that this is kind of the thriller version of Jane Eyre where there is a wife in the attic and um that's that's my guess. That's my feeling right now. Um, is is secret wife in the attic, but like with more ramifications for the secret wife, and she's not just like written off as having problems, you know. I just desperately want them to be lesbians, you know. Just want some lesbians. I just want some lesbians. Can can one of these thrillers just end with a healthy polycule? <laughs> can a, can a poor gay just get a happy polycule, please? Just everyone date each other. Susan M. Bauman, two stars. This is where we'll end it. White, trite, and insubstantial. Oh, no. Didn't go for that third rhyme. I can't respect this review anymore. White, trite, and not a lot of white. Wait. Night. White, trite. Good night. (laughs) Now, Myra. First, it must be said that this book is not Gone Girl, and the comparison mentioned on the book jacket is utterly ludicrous. I mean, a wife, revenge, husband, husband, bad, wife do something. Marriage. Marriage. Thriller. Heteronormativity. Yeah. Seems very Gone Girl to me. Yeah. Oof. This book is not written so much as it is constructed and orchestrated. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I actually didn't write this book at all. I just kind of went out back and um, played some classical music <laughs> and hammered some nails into some wood. And it was the it weirdest out. thing in the world is like a book came out the <laughs> other side of that. Um, got the saws all out and cut each page. It is heavily <laughs> plot driven. But oh, I'll get a thriller. But the plot is not riveting or absorbing. Oh, and I think this is fair. It doesn't have to be plot driven, but driven. Uh, but if it is, it should be absorbing and, and riveting. Mm-hmm. The intrepid reader, yes, keeps turning pages in hopes that the book will Bravely gain momentum. Go, one one traverses through this book as if upon a great journey. Um, you shall be Odysseus on a sea of contrived plot points. Hoping that the writing quality will improve, but the promises of the novel never materialize. The characters seem trite, wooden, one-dimensional, and Harlequin romance-inspired. Okay. That's a lot of mm. descriptions that do not all seem the same. Trite, wooden, Harlequin romance-inspired. Um, Yeah, no, I do need this to be gay. Nellie is flaky, flighty, ditzy, and hesitant. Nellie! Favorite adjectives for a woman. It takes her over 200 pages to grow a backbone. Prior to that, she has subsumed her every thought and desire in an effort to please and placate her wealthy mercurial husband. Wealthy and mercurial. 
awesome. Yeah, this sounds bad. Whom she decides to get to know better after her marriage. There is no what? discernible chemistry, compatibility, or believable bond between them. Richard is the solicitous, red controlling. Yeah, no, we got that. Spouse who alternately dotes on and gradually terrorizes his often clueless wife. If the reader can tolerate this drivel, a mystery then ensues amid all the cheesy domestic drama. Cheesy? You know, I always think of domestic dramas just being silly stuff. I feel like some the, silly times. Um, we've talked about this, but the, the honeymooners is probably the best depiction of uh, some cheesy domestic trouble. Considering he constantly threatens her, uh, threatens to punch her so hard she goes to the moon. Yeah, it's you know healthy cheesy domestic disturbances. Um, it's always a hilarious joke. Conceivably, it is supposed to be a heart-stopping, twisty page-turner with shocking revelations, but the book misses the mark on so many levels. Wow. It's a real hamartia. I went to theater school. Wee. Uh, it is not well-written. None of the characters are particularly likable, save for Samantha and Duke. What? Okay. The reader is told about the characters, but never shown. The characters lack depth and sufficient backstories. The pace moves swiftly enough, but the action is contrived and formulaic. Plot twists at the expense of actual content. This book is light. Escape. Uh, this book. <laughs> words, words, words. This book is light escapism that tries too hard to be more than it is. It jumps on the psychological thriller bandwagon like so many others, but the true accolades belong solely to its predecessors. Oh. And on that disappointing note, this is the end of By the Cover Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Wow, we've we've gotten... Whoa, I'm dropping my phone. I'm doing such a bad job. Um, Uh, We're here again at the end. Uh, If you've you've made it this far, then I love you. And and come play play games with me. (laughs) My mom said we can hang out. This is just like the creepiest... (laughs) possible thing you could have suggested um please please review us on on apple podcasts and all the other places we'll read your reviews out loud we currently have five out of five stars on apple um but we don't have any new written reviews to read out but but please do we believe no one is above judgment and that includes ourselves and uh and you know hopefully we've been funny and so you can trust that if you say anything funny in the reviews like we'll be funny about it and for the price of things to you know the price that it takes you to type out a review you could advertise true yeah you can say whatever you want you can say whatever you want yeah it doesn't even have to be about us um but please give us five stars if you're going to use our our mouths yeah to say whatever you want don't be weird um yeah please don't please we're we're so (laughs) grateful to um rogue media network for um being our house and our, our, home. our house and our home our family network mike hamilton is our producer our light our life <laughs> we could not do this uh without him go check out some of the other shows uh on the rogue media network uh what's your excuse keep wake aloud uh just coming out uh from keep wake aloud is the tom wilson story uh, a, uh an unsung led a hidden legend, the John Wilson story. The We're Tom very Wilson good story. at being part of a media network. Uh, we definitely media, know media. what's going on. Um, Mike will text us what we're supposed to say. We'll, <laughs> we'll put it up on the Twitter. Um, follow us at by the cover underscore pod on Instagram um, and Twitter. Uh, yeah, we're pretty cool people. Uh, we're really grateful to uh, They Might Be Giants for letting us use their show. Oh my gosh, the Hogue looks like she's been through a lot. Yes, uh, I am preparing, of course, the drug book devotional. 
Um, but because it does come out of a book that has a lot of pages cut out, uh, it is it, it, it is a lot. It has been through a lot. I believe, yes. Let me know if we've read this one before, but I think, I think oh. that it's, a, it's a new one. Um, but before we go, I've been Josie. And I could be Becca. And, uh, and this has been by the cover. Thanks again. Uh, here's, <laughs> here's page 23 of Dark Horse by Tammy Hogue, the first line. I love that you're relying on my memory. Seemed so real. The sounds blaring inside my mind. Nausea and weak. Now, Myra! <laughs> <laughs> This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.